0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Waste360's Nothing Wasted podcast. On every episode, we invite the most interesting people in waste, recycling, and organics to sit down with us and chat candidly about their thoughts, their work, this unique industry, and so much more. So thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. This is Liz Bothwell from Waste360 with Lisa Berghaus from Manadonk Paper Mills. Please tell me about your background and how you found your love for sustainability and the company you're at now.
1: I can tell you a little bit about about myself. Um, I just reached my 20th anniversary at Manadonk Paper Mills. I've always been fascinated with manufacturing, making things. It's very important to me, but also making them in a responsible way. I don't know if you've ever been or seen Monadnock paper mills, but it's kind of unique um, in the paper manufacturing world. One, because we don't manufacture pulp here. You don't get that odor that you that you smell when you think of paper mills. That That's the pulping process. Uh-huh. We purchase pulp on the open market. So, I, I it, it, it's, when I started at Monadnock and got to know our environmental man, that sparked this um, fascination and interest and uh, in sustainability across across the board. Being a responsible manufacturer, he she had incredible passion. She knew this company inside and out and was incredibly involved in in soup to nuts from from legislation that impacted uh, all the companies in New Hampshire to to involvement with New Hampshire Businesses for Social Responsibility to running our wastewater treatment plant and our hydroelectric facilities, so I took the opportunity to, to learn as much as I could from, from her, and she, she is not here at Monadnock any longer, but I try to keep the uh, keep the spirit and keep the, pro- the uh, progress going.
0: Oh, that's great, and I mean, your company is more than 200 years old and has quite a cool story. What changes and innovations have you seen that the company has ushered in?
1: Well, I've only been here 20 of that 200 years. <laughs> uh,
0: and,
1: and it really started when the current family purchased the mills in the 40s, but uh, there was a lot of improvement that had to occur. The owners, the Verney family actually lives on the property and takes incredible pride in, in the facilities and the, and very respectful of our, of our community and our neighbors here at the paper mill. In my time, um, it's like the, the, the um, low-hanging fruit grows back, Where whereas people were looking at efficiencies. In my, in my tenure here, light bulbs <laughs> have changed three times. You went from incandescent, now we're at CFLs, and then we have uh, light sensors that go off when nobody's in the room. And I'm sure there will continue to be evolutions like that, electricity world, efficiencies in our hydro generation with with new technology. We um, we actually recycle 100% of our manufacturing byproduct which is called short paper fiber. Before my time, that short paper fiber was accumulated and sent to landfill and today it's 100% beneficially reused. Bedding and compost and Soil amendments, because Monadnock is really careful about what comes in the front door, the byproduct it's uh, from our manufacturing is safe for land application. It's tested frequently to ensure that that we can continue to supply that uh, nutrient-rich material to our, to the communities that need it. So that's a really cool story. And the most recent in, two recent innovations in my in my tenure here was they used to accumulate these things. This Fiber in in um, containers that required uh, load levelers to go back and forth. Otherwise, you ended up with something that looked like Mount Fuji up to the ceiling. So those load levelers are something that had to run 24 hours a day, as we were manufacturing to to smooth to you know to even out that fiber into the container, as well as being hauled out in these particular size containers today we we let it just go into a holding tank we we live load it into into trucks that come in so we can first of all get rid of the load levelers still 100 uh, 100 percent beneficially reuse the material but they can go out in much larger trucks so Mm -hmm. not only are we saving energy we're you know we're lowering emissions for the for the amount of, of trucking activity so that's that's one cool innovation with that waste and then we collaborated with a competitor because they figured out a way to dredge their wastewater treatment ponds. Typically, you'd have to have these the ponds dredged every ten or so years, and that material would go to landfill. But that's that same beneficially uh, rich material that was that could be put back into our treatment plant and sent off sent off with the with the short paper fiber. So so that's just one really incredibly cool innovative, evolving waste story that, that we have here at Monadnock.
0: Oh, definitely. And it's amazing how that uh, really affects everything that you're doing. I love that.
1: Um, it, that that material is actually material that we had to purchase. So on the front end, our, we, we have objectives to try and make sure that, that the amount of, of material, fiber, raw material... Gets to the treatment plan is is lowered, and so there are continual efficiencies to to make that happen as well, because that saves us money, it saves us time, and it, less taxing on our wastewater treatment. Uh, so, waste we have to consider it from the from our supplier all the way to to the end of the uh, end of the line.
0: I I think that's what makes that remarkable is that you really are thinking about it in that way. And then I also read, Lisa, that your company has a green team. What is that and, and what does it do?
1: Well, we, um, we're an ISO 14001 uh, company. That means we have a certified environmental management system. So that takes into account all of the aspects of our business that have environmental impacts, and we commit to impact reduction. So we, we formed a team, and it's made up of uh, people from all functional areas of the company. To contribute to ideas and to drive improvements across a wide range of, of packs like wastewater energy emissions hydro uh, hydro uh, efficiencies and, and uh, generation so we meet periodically we come up with these products we do cost-benefit analysis and then we bring them forward to the executive team and when they're approved, uh, we continue to drive those projects to fruition um, to meet all of our objectives. It's a, it's a great way to formalize the your environmental management system, have uh, engagement from the top to the bottom of the organization to drive change. So it's a, it, it works, really great system and a great group of people that are very um, passionate about what they do.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And then, I mean, based on what you're saying and, and what I've read, you've really seen that sustainability can be good for business. Do you see other companies, especially your own customers, making this part of their mission as well?
1: I would say Manana probably would not be in business today if we, couldn't, if we weren't stepping up and meeting the needs of our customers. Everything we're doing is driven by the market. Uh-huh. We don't behave responsibly. responsibly. We work with the largest brands in the world. There's a reputational and financial risk if you don't know your suppliers and what they're doing. With social media today, and and the and the visibility and the and the awareness of, of consumers today, you're in big trouble. Can't hide. <laughs> so so those extremely mm-hmm. responsible to to understand. Where your raw materials come from, how you run your business, and what happens when the materials leave the, the you know, leave the back door. And we have companies, customers that have specific environmental impact reduction objectives. Mm-hmm. And we work with them in order to to educate them on on how their purchasing decisions can help move the move the needle for them and also help them make the case for sustainable solutions because sustainable solutions aren't always the, the less the least expensive and the total cost ownership could be could far um, exceed what um, could could bring you over the over the finish line to, to make the sale to, to go sustainable
0: so what do you say to people who, who do think that sustainable packaging or paper options are cost prohibitive
1: it's, it's tough because uh, especially in manufacturing and, cons- and consumer goods, it, when you say sustainable, it has to be economically viable as well. Mm-hmm. It, it all depends on the relative importance that, that these brands put in, in different buckets. And considering the total cost of ownership because lesser quality goods can end up costing way more at the end of the day. Um, we have people who are sourcing today materials that are outside of the United States, and they're, ha- they're, they're in, a, in a world of hurt because of the incredible disruptions in their supply chain. So sourcing locally and, and buying responsible materials from responsible suppliers, it's, it's, it's good for business.
0: It definitely is good for business, and you guys are, are proof of that. So, what other interesting fibers or materials are you seeing now? Are you working with hemp, mushroom, anything interesting like that?
1: Well, there's there's been tremendous interest in in alternative fibers, um, and Mananoc has worked with many different fibers over the years. In fact, when we when Mananoc opened its doors, we were making um, paper out of flax. <laughs> so, so, so we're cool again. Uh, we're not using flax, but we're using. And the material from shredded coffee bean bags that come back from the roasters, those hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jute um, coffee bean bags were going to landfill. Our hippies were making purses and, and knickknacks out of them. But but this is a viable way to divert that material from landfill and make some really incredibly beautiful papers we call Kona paper. We're making uh, papers, we're making papers for, for luxury packaging out of hemp. That's an interesting, um, interesting story with hemp today. There's not enough hemp fiber viable for the paper making process within the United States, but that's growing. But uh, today we're sourcing hemp from all over the world. Um, and hopefully, eventually, as hemp um, is more accepted in the United States and it, the, that production grows, we'll probably see a lot more of that. We're looking at other agricultural fibers. We've been making paper out of cotton, cotton linters, which is a byproduct of the cotton um, agricultural industry for for all sorts of things. T-shirt fibers from from um, weavers, you know, leftover cloth, denim. There's all sorts of different waste fibers that can be used to to make a paper substrate or packaging substrate. Pretty cool the evolution. And of course, uh, harvesting wood responsibly and being FSC certified for Stewardship Council certified means virgin wood fiber is also a sustainable option for, for everybody. Um, but we also, uh, as one of our ISO 14001 objectives, is to increase the amount of recycled fiber that we use in our process, post-consumer waste recycled fiber. And that's mm-hmm. also certified. So we know uh, that it's, that it's, uh, the supply chain has not been broken. And we can tell tell our customers where that fiber came.
0: from. That's great. Are you having issues sourcing it now, or is it okay?
1: No, we have incredible supply chain partners, and uh, there is an ample supply of waste fiber. I was concerned because we buy very high quality waste fi- office waste, uh-huh. but last year there weren't too many people in the office, <laughs> so, I was, so I thought, okay, you know, nobody's at the office, you know, running the copiers and and uh, you know, the only the, the, there are some saving graces because a very huge growth area in the printing industry last year was direct mail, and that's that's office or paper waste. Um, so there was never really a, a disruption in the supply chain in recycled papers um, over the past year. I think it's part and parcel with, uh, with the strong relationships we have with our suppliers.
0: Oh, well, that's good to hear. And then speaking of last year and, and COVID, how has COVID affected your work in the company?
1: Well, interestingly enough, and it, it, it doesn't surprise me and, and everybody is probably aware, sustainability is now at the top. I think a lot of people in their homes realize it's time to clean house. I don't know. I know of hundreds of people who... who uh, went through their homes and, and recycled a lot of stuff, and realized how quickly trash piles up. And is a lot, they're a lot more conscious just about the amount of plastic
0: uh-huh. uh,
1: that that they is in is in the supply chain, and it, it's it's kind of crazy. So sustainability in our minds and and our customers' minds has risen to the top. It for a while it seemed to be waning a little bit with other challenges. The other, the other thing is, Monadnock is, a, is a, a technical specialty mill. So we serve many, many different markets. So so we're able to ride out the, the storm in particular markets, and we we supplied the paper for one of the integral parts of the packaging for the, the um, swab test kits. Oh, so wow. that was, uh, the paper industry was, was considered a, a necessary um, industry during COVID, and, and that is just one of the many reasons why. So, so we we also make sustainable signage. So we have brands that are stores that across the country in various um, waves reopening. You know, the retail, hospitality, um, hotels, all needing wayfinding signage and and social distancing signage and face mask signage. So, so there was a lot of printing going on in that in that regard, um, and those those brands that had that wanted to start reducing the amount of plastic in their in their portfolio are moving to sustainable renewable fiber papers for for signage and then signage made out of 100% recycled fiber so it's been it's been an interesting interesting not very pleasant in some regards but interesting ride and um, we're very fortunate fortunate yeah. to come out on this end, continuing viable. Yeah.
0: Well, and it sounds like you have such diversity in your portfolio, like you said, and um, it's nice to see all the um, the applications of the work that you're doing. I, I didn't even think that you could be doing some sort of um, sustainable signage. That's amazing.
1: It is. There, uh, I mean, I've studied the supply chain um, extensively over the years, and a lot of signage is made out of styrene, and today there's really no – recycling stream for styrene a viable recycling stream it all goes to landfill and it lasts forever but you know there is a place for plastics in the world but it's not temporary signage it's not temporary wall graphics it's not gift cards that are used within you know a month of its time and only swipes three times and goes to the trash there's a lot of places where plastic is way over engineered and it's attended use, so we aim to find every single one of those, <laughs> and, and that, that's what keeps us relevant.
0: Definitely, and yeah. to your point with the, the whole single-use part of it, plastics, whenever I have anyone on who's talking about plastics and associations, and plastics is definitely not the enemy. It's just sort of, like you said, the single-use application of a lot of it, um, so it has served the world well in a lot of ways in medicine and cars and other things. But to your point, that single-use application is is the tough one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's been interesting. There's o- almost 10 billion gift cards that have been um, circulated around the world that were made by Monadnock. The paper was made by us. No failures in the market. It's 100% recyclable. It's made out of renewable, FSC-certified fiber. That's that we've third party tested recyclable. So um, everything that we make is made for its intended use and to meet the most sustainable profile possible for that product. That that's 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 our objective every time.
0: I love that. And then, do you find on the, the customer end that folks know how to dispose of it properly so that it the end of life is what you hoped for?
1: I am. Um, kind of a geek whenever I look at at claims that are made out there on any kind of product I, I, I test it to, to see how they qualify or validate or support these claims uh-huh. when we make a claim we support it with third-party available documentation but we also tell them how it's third it's recyclable in your curbside mixed paper waste bin so if you're a recycler or you're you are um transfer station or your dump recycles paper that's where it goes there's no doubt Uh, it's not like another material that I know of I won't mention it but they say it's recyclable but the only way to recycle it is to send it back to the manufacturer and I just don't see that as a I don't know it's just not honest (laughs) because I don't know how many people will will open an envelope remove the contents and then make sure to send that envelope back to the manufacturer just disingenuous.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's a big hurdle. It's putting a, a big ask back to consumers. So
1: I love that how to recycle um, labeling scheme. And it is endeavoring when you have a spec- especially mixed material packaging. You've got something with a film and a tray and a box. Uh-huh. If you have a label on the outside that says recyclable, the how-to recycle breaks down the components and tells you what to do with each one, and it, it's it's a good start. It's it's the transparency that that that's absolutely necessary. There are probably ninety percent of the people in this country that think those chasing arrows on the bottom of every plastic bottle is means it's recyclable, and I that's another, another area where we need more transparency.
0: Definitely.
1: How to Recycle Label really is, is, I think it's the answer.
0: And the transparency is key because it, we've just proven over and over again, the more education we do to show contamination issues, to show what is indeed recyclable, to show them the way that they get it. So it's just a matter of um, reinforcing that always. So I love that. And so you're also on the board of the New Hampshire Business for Social Responsibility. What kind of work? I
1: was was for four years, yeah. Okay. Um, I had to pass the torch.
0: Uh, What kind of work do they do and what what was your role while you were there?
1: Well, that is a sustainability organization made up of all different kinds of companies within New Hampshire, sorry. You'd be surprised what large uh, multinational corporations operate in New Hampshire, and then the lifeblood of the state is, is small business. So we it ran the gamut, and then consultants, and and uh, so so we convene and talk about important issues and thought leadership and share best practices. We've taken advantage of that many times with members that we know have have gone a little bit further on, on their trajectory, and and they are extremely open. For instance, my I, I want Monadnock to be able to claim uh, we're manufacturing um, zero waste to landfill, and. We're almost there, um, but there's a company way up north that's doing incredible work that had reached the zero uh, manufacturing waste to landfill. So they let us come in. They showed us how, how they were able to accomplish that, and it was a, a manufacturing operation. So, so it's really important to have those kind of, of um, opportunities to learn and, and um, share. It, it's, a, a, it's a really high-energy fun organization.
0: Well, that's great, so, and that you all work so closely together. That's fantastic for the entire state. So what advice do you have for people who want to make changes in their own lives or their own communities to be more sustainable?
1: Well, getting involved with your community and understanding what the challenges are, um, and that would be different look. Within, within a company that, that wants to start the journey, there's a lot of free resources to help you start to build a framework. We relied heavily on the EPA early on, and they have a lot of volunteer programs like the um, Green Power Partnership, the WasteWise Partner, the SmartWay Transport Partner, and all of those those provide tools for you to start quantifying um, the aspects in your operation that have impacts and help you set goals and help you track your your progress so so that's that's very simple to to do if you wanted to start i would take a look at the the um, iso 14001 framework you don't necessarily have to become certified but that helps you um understand that it requires involvement top down the entire organization needs to be committed to to a sustainable manufacturing or operations businesses, or even a sustainable community, and and provide the framework for you to start building that that plan to move forward. Even just at home, talk to your kids about waste. I know that they're hearing a lot more about that in school, so they're they're probably a lot smarter than their parents. <laughs> so, and take them to a landfill. I'm like everybody's like, oh, that's icky, you know. But but out of sight, out of mind. I think this country has had a comeuppance now that we're not able to ship most of our waste outside of our country, and we can't ignore it anymore, meaning the royal we, you know, and, and it, it's, it it costs money. And municipalities are drowning in, in the, the expense of, of um, waste management. So, so it's, it's a real thing, and everybody owns it, <laughs> and everybody just needs to get involved.
0: Definitely. For sure. And to your point, ever since the, the ban, uh, we all have to think differently. And I think it's great to take your children. Um, they need to know that it's just not throw away and it's not your problem anymore. We all deal with it in some way. So I think a landfill visit is important. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And what lies ahead for you and, and the company? What other exciting things do you have? on the horizon.
1: We, um, we have a lot going on, actually. We're, we're in the process of um, developing a closed loop system for some of our large um, paper buyers to close a loop on their supply chain and take back the waste materials from the converting process, um, funnel it back through the recycler, and sell it to them again in, in new post-consumer waste recycled papers. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um,
0: that's really sweet. cool.
1: Yeah, that that, that I mean, closing the loop is. I think there are a lot of companies that are trying to do that um, in a lot of our the industries that we work in, and in retail, you'll see a lot in the fashion um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: world taking back clothes, repairing clothes, reselling their used clothes. You know that it it, it it's uh, it's interesting. We are, we continue to develop more and more 100% post-consumer waste recycled products and we have many product announcements that will be coming out um, the balance of the year. Also, alternative fibers. Uh, We're working with some really great partners in that space. And we continue to increase recycled fiber as we learn more about how to build high-performance papers with recycled fiber because recycled fiber has different, different characteristics. So you have to change your recipe in order to continue to make high-performance materials. And we've learned quite a lot over the past 10 years. So keep your eyes open for that. We recently joined an organization called the Sustainable Green Printing Partnership. A lot of the products that we sell go to printers. And so um, we're we're trying to educate them on the materials that are available and, and help them educate their customers.
0: Well, wow, you have a lot happening, and it's all really important. How close are you to closing the loop? We and already have- are
1: doing that, but we want to formalize the, the product or the service and, and make that available to more people. We, we needed to do a test kit, case where we know that the system works um, satisfactorily. It doesn't create any disruptions, so it's it's working very well for us.
0: Awesome, oh my gosh, this is like a little gold mine. I love all that you're we're a doing. We're
1: company, we're very cool. We do cool stuff, we have cool customers that really care and um, we're trying to do, we're not perfect. Last year was really tough relative to our impact reduction goals because of incredible disruption.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It would be nice to run one product for three weeks in a row, but our reality is to make five different products in a day if you see a paper machine and what it takes to do uh, grade changes, you got to stop. You got to clean it. You got so so we continue to try and improve the impacts of that type of disruptive operation. But it's it's the re- the new reality. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll
0: continue it like to embracing it and and really making the most of it.
1: Waste costs money, um, raw materials, natural resources, time, space, and real estate for your you know for for waste, the disposal or disposition, um, reputation with your customers. If you don't, you can't supply a full order because you you've created some waste. No, it, it's it's a full time job.
0: <laughs> oh, it really is. And then, do you just serve customers with big orders, or do you also help smaller businesses?
1: I'd say the majority of our businesses is well, it's all B 2 B. Uh-huh. But we have some small partners, some people that the small boutique shops that make wedding invitations,
0: uh-huh.
1: or custom wallpapers. You can you can order or upload your own design, and they'll print it and send you one roll of wallpaper that you can put on your wall. <laughs> you know, and that's, it's so cool. No, that, and it's PVC free. It's an alternative to vinyl. It's beautiful, and so you can upload your own designs, or they—they they have, I mean, they have incredible amounts of artists that they work with. So you can—you can choose one of theirs, and—and and all you have to do is get it wet and stick it up. It's already pre-pasted, um, and the best part is it's strippable, meaning it will come right off the wall. It won't damage the wall like your grandma's wallpaper. Uh huh. <laughs> peeling little teeny pieces. It—this comes off all in one piece. And wash the wall with water and soap, or water and a sponge, and then put up a new one. So that's really good for for uh, boutique hotels that like to update or refresh their designs and their lobbies and their you know, guest rooms, or or restaurants. Um, like not necessarily fast food, but some fast food changing the graphics in their in their dining rooms, you know, and things like that. So, and then it goes all the way to corporate offices and and conference rooms that that, that design their own branded wool coverings. So, that's just one of many of these types of custom products.
0: That is very cool. I love that. All right, I need to check out and see really the full. I'll, I'll
1: I'll send a link. You can see there's a couple of companies that are doing that now. Really, it's fun.
0: That is fun. Okay, I would love that link. Sure. So where can people learn more about you and, and the company?
1: Well, certainly npm.com. Um, we've had incredible opportunities and be, have been highlighted on um, national television uh, in the Northeast. There's the Massachusetts Chronicle and New Hampshire Chronicle that have, have, um, have done spots on, on what we're doing up here. And, and uh, certainly, our website is the best resource great and social like, media instagram facebook twitter linkedin we have a lot going on well and i
0: bet it's very visual so i will definitely follow you on instagram too and, and see the beauty of what you're doing it sounds amazing
1: thank our partners at aduco they're they're doing great work for us
0: oh awesome is there anything else you want to share before i let you go i know it's a busy time for you
1: i mean Banandark is an extraordinary company and we understand that we have a hand in what's, what, um, what our future looks like. We want to just continue to be responsible suppliers to our company, our customers, continue to innovate.
0: Well, it sounds like you have that down.
1: Well, hope so, but for the next 200 years.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, congratulations on such a storied company and, and career there, and I can't wait to watch more and, and follow you to see what else is happening.
1: Thank you so much for, for your willingness to chat with me and, and learn more about our great company.
0: Well, thank you, and I'm sure we'll be in touch.
1: Great, list. Thanks. Have a great day.
0: Okay, you too. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. It would mean the world if you would take a moment to rate or review this podcast. And if you share it with us on one of our social networks, we are giving out some fun Nothing Wasted podcast swag. So just tag us and see what you get. Thanks so much.